Welcome to The Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of TheRandyReport.com, where you can find me every single day on the internet reporting on the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. As regular readers and listeners of The Randy Report know, I'm a big fan of short films, digital series, and web series for the nice, bite-sized entertainment they provide. I have a short attention span, so storytelling in the short form totally suits my taste. I also love showcasing new LGBT-themed projects by out artists and producers. I think if we want to see ourselves in the entertainment we watch, we should support those folks from the LGBT tribe who are out there making art happen. And that brings me to actor, producer, and now writer Kevin Speardis, who has spearheaded a new digital series set to premiere on Amazon Video April 24th titled After Forever. With the tagline that reads, A Story About Love, Loss, and New Beginnings, the series chronicles the journey of a gay couple, their group of friends, and how they deal with the losses in their lives. As I mentioned in my interview with Kevin, we go back a long way to our dancing days on Broadway. Fans know Kevin not only from his long-running role as Dr. Craig Wesley on Days of Our Lives and films like the Friday the 13th series, but he was also an Indie Series Award winner and got an Emmy nomination for his work on the digital series Winterthorn. Plus, there's all his many appearances on Broadway in hits like A Chorus Line, Hairspray, Meet Me in St. Louis, and The Boy from Oz, where he was the standby for superstar Hugh Jackman. He's also had a second parallel career as a producer of projects like Stage Readings at the New York Shakespeare Festival starring Meryl Streep and was on the producing teams that brought the Finian's Rainbow Revival as well as Priscilla Queen of the Desert to Broadway. Anyway, with all that said, let's get to my interview with Kevin Spiritus as he shares his new baby with us after forever. Kevin Spiritus, as I live and breathe, how are you? I'm great, Randy. How are you? Well, I have to say, today is Friday 13th. Did you know that? Yes, it is. Look, I was just going to post something on Facebook and, and Twitter and Instagram. Although, I, as of lately, I've been you know, posting everything and all things after forever. Mm-hmm. Today is the one day I have to turn around, pull myself away, and then be pulled back to the ugliest monster there is. <laughs> because, as many people know, you have a connection to the Friday the 13th movie series. You appeared in it. So I always think of you every Friday the 13th. Yes, part seven. Yes. I like when people think of me on Friday the 13th. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's my lucky number. It was like a badge of honor to be a part of those, I always think. Yeah, and then I wasn't even killed. And you weren't even killed, dang it. I wasn't even killed, dang it. Now, for full disclosure, I should mention that you and I have known each other, (laughs) I'll just say a number of years, uh, going back to, (laughs) I think we met. More than a decade? Uh, we'll just say more than a decade. Yes, we'll go with that. Uh, that's that's a very good round number, more than a decade. I, I think you and I met at the stage door of the Schubert Theater when you were appearing on Broadway in a Chorus Line as Mike Costa, and I was on the national tour of A Chorus Line as Mark. So we've known each other that long. Everybody knows that you've had this terrific career as an actor. Broadway, Meet Me in St. Louis, A Chorus Line, uh, Hairspray, Boy From Oz, where you were the standby for Hugh Jackman, and the guy had the nerve <laughs> to never miss a show. Well, wait, wait, wait. Well, I, I have to defend this, this nerved guy here. First of all, <laughs> I, I want to thank you for saying standby, because there's a great difference, as you know, because you're from the theater. You know, uh, another study gets to go on stage during the show, but a standby stands off stage. And 
standby, whether it was standby and never going on or not, it was one of the greatest years I've spent in the theater. I, I was frustrated, yes, I did perform live, but I watched one of our greatest showmen, yeah. if not the, yeah. um, he's, he's truly a force of nature, and he was so kind and so giving and so accommodating to not only the cast, not only the audience, but to people who came in later, like myself, like a standby, who, uh, who a star would usually turn and go, oh, it's a standby in the wings, don't look at him. You know, that's, I didn't get that at all. Hugh Jackman was just a mensch, just a talented mensch, and um, I would do it again. And speaking of those words, I have gotten to see you perform some of the material in concert, and you are terrific at doing it. So I consider Broadway audiences missed a little something there in in not getting to see you play the role. I will say that. And I'd be remiss if we we should mention, obviously, Dr. Craig Wesley from Days of Our Lives. (laughs) I mean, how can we not mention that? So, so, and you know, my favorite thing, you are such an adaptable person. So from Broadway to TV and films and blah, blah, blah. You've also done digital series and which I'm bringing this up for a reason, you know, but you've mm-hmm. done digital series and you were actually nominated for a Emmy, weren't you, for your work on Winterthorn? Yeah, that was the first year. Well, that wasn't the first year that web series and, and digital series were being acknowledged um, they were being acknowledged all along, but the Academy took a look at them for the first time because you had heavy hitters in there. You were competing with people who had been given awards on the Golden Globes or Academy Awards. So it was an honor to be part of Winterthorn and then be part of the first season that they acknowledged uh, nominations. So I was I was very stoked. I, and I had no idea it was even going to happen. So you, you're not working for it for that way. Yeah, right. People put the, they put the, uh, the thing that they want it's their most important thing versus the process. So product over process, no. Process over product, yes. There. I have to make sure. <laughs> Speaking of product, let's talk about your latest project because that's what we really want to talk about here. So on top of being an actor, you're also a producer, and you have been for many years. You produced projects from readings at the New York Shakespeare Festival with none other than Meryl Streep and Tony Award-winning director Pam McKinnon. But you've also been part of the producing teams that brought Finian's Rainbow back to Broadway. You worked as a producer on Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. And now Mm -hmm. you are kind of merging your two worlds here. I don't know if this is the first time you've actually produced something that you're appearing in, but you have written and produced, co-produced with your writing partner, Michael Slade, a new digital series called After Forever, which I've gotten to see. Mm -hmm. It's terrific. I really enjoyed it. Our friend Billy Porter, Tony Award winner Billy Porter, would say, oh, that Kevin Spiritus, he's a do-it-yourself bitch. He's not going to wait around for (laughs) things to happen. He's just going to do it, which I love. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Okay, now that I'm recovering from that, um, there is a little truth to that. First of all, if you look at my career, I think you can see that the things that I – I work on are the things that I most need in my life. I find on some magical or mystical or who knows, universal way, like attracts like. There's an attraction to these projects. You know, I was down and out before Days of Our Lives came along, and I was really at my last, I don't know, my last licking him. Lick that bowl off the plate, please. You know, I I couldn't eat. I was, I mean, I was, I was, yeah, I mean, it wasn't terribly homeless. It was just like I was really looking at how to manage less. I was getting less. I knew that if I kept, if I kept focused, if I kept committed to my uh, intention of find something that I can work on that makes me happy, find something that work on that gives me uh, joy because I know I'll give joy that way or I'll give joy anyway 
in something that may not be as happy, but we're all doing it together. So all that mixture of emotional and, and, and you know, thought process and tie that with your heart. Days of Our Lives was sort of like just it brought itself together. Uh, that was a two-day role, which turned into a seven-and-a-half-year contract. Wow. So I'm grateful for that. And, you know, I think Days of Our Lives was really readying me for the next phase of opportunity or possibility. And it was just about the time I was getting off of Days, I was being written off. Is um, And I'm telling this part of the story because Michael Slade, unbeknownst to me, had been hired on Days as a staff writer at that time, just as I was being written off. Not his fault, mm-hmm. so he says. Sure. But uh, <laughs> you know, uh, he was very, very um, aware of who I was as an actor. And, and then you know, I went back to New York, and then I got involved with all these little things. The producing for me was more of a um, – someone kind of saw me and said, Kevin, you produce your career better than anybody I know. My friend Barbara Deutsch said that. She said, you should produce. And just her giving me permission to do that and having a friend of hers and had been looking for a producer, that's how the uh, Meryl Streep reading happened. And I I found it exciting. Um, Maybe it's because it was new. Maybe because it really wasn't a lot of pressure. You know, I just had to organize. I had to organize the barn where we were going to put a show on. And that's really how it happened. And from there, I met many people in the industry. Alan and Barbara Marks, who've been my mentors really from the very beginning, they happened to like my personality, my style. They said, are you able to raise money? I said, what does that mean, really raise money? They said, can you raise money? And I said, I said, uh, I guess, not to give any trick away, but it's, you know, people are going to invest in you. They're always going to invest in you, regardless of its money, if it's financial, if it's, if it's property. If you're asking them to give you something, they're investing in you. So you've got to, you've got to stand in alignment with that thing you are producing. So that's how those shows came along. And then I started to notice there was not a role or two or three maybe coming down the peak, uh, down the pike, excuse me, uh, for me. And I started to get nervous about that. I started to go, if I'm, if, if I'm standing here honestly looking ahead, I don't, there's so much out there now. There's so much content. There's so much coming at you through internet, through network, through cable. right. It's overwhelming. Started to see people creating stuff for themselves. And I went, well, God, there's an idea. What would I create if I had the opportunity? And I mean, what would I do? And I started to think about, well, where am I right now? I'm, I'm 50 years old. I'm a single gay man. And I'm tipping my toe back into the, you know, the dating pool. And there were some funny-ass stories that were happening. Ah, so that's where this comes everybody. from. I see. And that's kind of where... I thought, well, maybe I can even heal part of that that dating thing if I start to write about a relationship. And that's how I started to put together After Forever. It wasn't called that at the time. And then I'm at the gym in New York, June 1st, 2014. And I hear a gentleman say, excuse me, are, are you Kevin Spiritus? And I turn around and it's Michael Slade. I didn't know him at the time. He said, I, my name is Michael Slade. I'm, I was a writer on days. I think you were on there as... I was coming in as you were going out. I went, oh, so you're the one who <laughs> joked about that. Now, in my heart of hearts, I know honestly where I stand as a, as a creative. And I knew that as a writer, I didn't have the full muscle yet to make the trajectory of a story you know, and, and have the character arcs fill out as perfectly as I would wish they would. And all of a sudden, 
when he said, I used to work in Days of Our Lives, I said, oh, my God, you want to write a new series? That's how fast it came out. That's how it was that fast and it was that excited moment because I knew immediately he knows Days. He knows my work. He's going to know what I'm – and he said, uh, I don't know. I said, and I pitched the number. I mean, I pitched the idea, and I said, this is what I want to do. Gay, single man going back into the dating world. And he took a breath and he went, we should talk. So something about my investment and that type of story hit his investment of a type of story that he might have wanted to do. And that's where we started to work together. And that was, I, I say the date because it, it's just, I have watched this entire series, Randy, as you know, because I've kind of talked to you about little things along the way, every step along the way it's presented. You mentioned that date, and I actually pulled up my emails because we've chatted about this project off and on just a little bit. Going back to, mm -hmm. you emailed me on November 3rd, 2016. Oh, right. And mm -hmm. about it and how excited you were. And the reason I bring that up is a lot of people don't understand how long a project can take <laughs> to begin, to gestate, to cast, to produce, to edit. And then shop around. And so you you go back to 2014 with this project. That's amazing. Because mm -hmm. a lot of people quit, that's the, that's you the, know. Yeah, that's the gestation of it. That's where it germinated, basically. The reason I say that is because I want to remind myself everything you just said. It is not easy. It's not always laughs and giggles. It's not always hit your mark and, and say your line and, you know, and cry a good cry. It's really about layering things that you hope will be moving and be touching and be informative to a certain level, whether it's high-end drama or it's high-end comedy. So, yeah, thank, thank you for reminding me that it's not easy. No, uh, it, it's been a, Art it's isn't been a easy. Great... <laughs> thank you, Stephen. Yeah. Um, I, I tell you this, though, in all honesty, it's been an extraordinary ride. It's, it's continuing to be an extraordinary ride. I have learned so much about not only the business, but about myself. And that's, I'm, I'm just, I'm grateful that I have people around me who are able to support me and, and reason with me and remind me and also explain to me anything under the sun during this time, <laughs> because it's, it's a lot of work. And, um, and I, I'm, I'm at the point or the stage where I, I don't yet, I'm not yet able to afford an assistant. You know, I'm doing a lot of work on my own. There's been mornings when Michael Slade has called me and said, it's uh, 12 o'clock. Where are you? <laughs> it's talking 12 o'clock noon. I've been up all night working on, you know, deadlines and papers and, and, and filing. And, uh, it's just crazy. Speaking of the people around you, we, we talked about Michael, who's who's been your writing partner and co-creator on this. But you also have an awesome cast involved in this production. And one of the things yeah. – the reason I even talk slowly about it is – Clearly, this is an example of Kevin Spiritus, the man who's been in show business for a while, because all of these people coming from so many different parts of entertainment, but you have, I'll let you talk about them, but you have Tony Award winners, you have Tony Award nominees, you have, I, the, the show is full of Broadway veterans, you have uh, people who have been nominated and won Emmy Awards, I mean, this is a terrific cast across the board. Yeah. You know yeah. them better than I do, but I, I know I'm talking about Mitchell Anderson, who everybody knows from Doogie Howser in a lot of projects, a Party of Five, Katie Huffman, who won her Tony Award for the producers and was in Will Rogers' Follies, Anita Gillette, which just knocks me out that Anita Gillette, Broadway icon, yeah. 14 yeah. Broadway credits to her name. Unbelievable in this series. 
she's unbelievable. I don't think she knows how unbelievable she is. She just was so excited to get to work with us all. And we have Michael Yuri. Yes, from Betty. Betty. Uh, he he had some good good uh, screen time uh, with me, and then um, we have the uh, the gorgeous gorgeous Colleen Zank, who was oh, on as the world turns for a good million years. But she's um, that's basic list. But um, you know, there's everyone from Jameson Stern and and Jonathan Rayson and and uh, I'm Jim Newman. I'm going now. Peter Peter Kim and Jim Newman. Oh, let's just say. <laughs> I couldn't have asked for a better person to play the role of Ron, but I'm bummed. More about that later. One of my favorite episodes and scenes, by the way, is that big moment that you have uh, with Jim's character, which was, I, thankfully, I'm not going to give anything away, but I can honestly say as, as an audience member watching that scene in the restaurant, you did what everybody would want to do, and you get to say what you want to say, and I'm just going to whet people's appetite, because it didn't turn <laughs> into like a nice TV moment, like you're your character actually just says what every gay man would want to say in that situation. So I love that you did that for me. I totally did. So now you have to watch everyone yeah. and get to the episode because it's so much yeah. fun. He's um, well, first of all, I, I guess about, I guess about three, four months into really the, the heavy writing of the scripts. Cause Michael and I took a good while to, iron out what story he was wanting to tell and possibly going to tell. And then what I wanted to tell, I feel at times I might've said, don't, don't leave. Don't leave. Cause the, di the stories are so different. Please let, let me try something else. I'll, I'll adapt. And <laughs> Michael's, Michael's a brilliant man. He's, he's kind of quiet about things. And then he just comes out with a real zinger or a real load of information. Like, Oh my God, my brain doesn't work like that. But he's, he's also a brilliant wordsmith is the, term would be and he gave me some of my the, the perfect fantasies of a scene that you would ever have would be you know emotional level and, and and with great actors and and he just sort of like presented that to a lot of us and I got to have a lot of those so I guess about three months into it four months into it I just looked over at him we were writing I was still in the city I hadn't moved back to LA yet and yes we did this by coastal for a while too <laughs> he was writing I was writing here I said what do you think about Mitchell Anderson as Jason and he said oh well he's he he's out of the business right he, he stopped he stopped acting I said you don't stop acting you take a break. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I started to, <laughs> I started to um, envision uh, working with someone like Mitchell, someone who I've known for over 30 years, who grew up in the business with me, who we would go against each other as actors and one of us would get the part. And I just sort of thought there would be a real comfort and a camaraderie and a, and a, a friendship that would be evident in the casting and in the in the two roles, and I thought in a twelve day shoot you don't have a lot of time. Mm -hmm. You've got to go in, do it, and get out. And that's my soap opera training. So I wanted to get in, and get out. I approached him with the series. I guess oh about a year before we did it, and <laughs> we were going to do a reading of it. But I said to him, "Listen, I'm serious. We're going to do this. I want you to read the script, and I want you to really consider it." And he said, "I oh, sent me the script." You know, he's like, "Here comes Kevin's little script." <laughs> He called me back in two days, two days. And he said, when do we start? Like that oh, how was, awesome. yeah. So, and, and I'm just going to say again, on record, Mitchell Anderson's performance in this role of being an older gay gentleman and, and having that life that comes with that. He is so phenomenal and he's so open and 
he's not hard to look at either, nope. but um, he's just uh, really great. And I could have not imagined anyone else doing that role. I don't think Michael Slade could have either. And then Michael and I had to laugh at all the people who we did cast, not laugh at them, but because there were certain people we had in mind for different characters and uh, they weren't available or, oh, there goes that one. And then they step in. So everyone from the top, you know, Katie Huffman takes on that role and she just goes with it. And to places I never knew she was going to go with it or the, we knew that the character could go with it. Jim Newman, just really out there and okay with who he is and just standing in there. And Anita Gillette and Lenny Wolpe play uh, the parents of Jason and they just break my heart. They break my heart with love. And it is so amazing. Who else we got? Who am I missing? Um, lovely, lovely um, Michael Yuri. He's, he's just, yeah, I can, I can do that day. I can work that day. Okay, great. He comes in, does his thing. And, you know, there's, there's plans hopefully for season two and three and four and five and 10 uh, <laughs> that, you know, include all these characters in different ways. Of course, Colleen, I just love Colleen. Thank you. She, she has a pivotal scene as people will find out. So there, that's, we were talking about chemistry yeah. is you and Mitchell together on screen. My favorite mm -hmm. thing about the way you've written this is what I to myself call the courtship of Eddie's father sequences. Um, oh, yeah. Because at the beginning of episodes, you do these wonderful moments between your two characters that really is, is a comment on the, the comfortability that the two of you have together and mm -hmm. the relationship and the way you, whether it's something that makes each other laugh or makes each other think. I just love that component of the series and how you used it to show that relationship over time. I don't know how it came to be, except that we were, you know, this, by the way, this series after forever is an eight episodic arc of short form episodes. So the episodes are running anywhere from seven to 11 minutes, you know, give or take, which, you know, and, I love, by the way, with me and my famous short attention too. span, <laughs> you know, check in with, you know, after forever and then, you know, check in with the rest. You don't have to commit to two hours sitting in front of, and watching a whole story, I think yeah. it's wonderful. And if you embrace the short form, you really get a lot in it. I mean, you, there's a couple of those episodes that, it, oh my God, oh yeah, oh wait, that, that comes next. Oh my God, that's right. And it really packs it in. There's no commercials, so that's great. Um, but we were uh, looking at, we could start each show, not unlike, you know, Carrie in- um, Oh, Sex and the City? Um, the city. Sex and the City, she's at her computer. Or um, something as even as, as um, simple and easy as that courtship of Betty's father. And that's, oh, my God, that would be great. It really plays so well. And it's also set up in a different uh, feel uh, um, cinematically. And um, our cinematographer and our director, by the way, Jennifer Pepperman, she, she had these shots down. She knew what she wanted, and she went in and she did them. And we, I, we trusted everything. And it's so amazing how it just laid itself out in the editing room so perfectly. And then Colleen Kwok, and she's this new student. She's just great cinematographer. So gave us some really beautiful, beautiful shots. The happy moment that we're at right now, though, is Mr. Kevin Spiritus, producer, you have this series premiering on Amazon on April 24th. Your series is on Amazon. How awesome is that? Well, it is pretty freaking freaking awesome. Let me say that. It's good on a lot of things. Michael Slade and I have, we've worked very hard and I, I'm grateful that someone has uh, acknowledged the work. 
in that. And um, Allison Van Orr is our other producer, and she is, I mean, she's go-getter on this. She knows how to do it. She knows where to get it. She knows the ins and the outs of all this stuff. And um, you know Gerald McCulloch? Yes? Of course. Oh, you know I him? love, Actually, yeah. Okay, so Gerald and I, oh, we, we were in Hustling together. I was in Hustling with him. He was uh, making another movie at the time, and I said, so how do you, how do you know to do all that? He goes, oh, Allison Van Orr. She'll make the budget. She'll She'll produce your movie. And I went, really? And on his words, I called her up and said, can I make a, an appointment with you? Would you read this script? And, of course, she loved the script, and she said, yeah, let's definitely um, talk. And I think I'm one of her last lower-budget events, I'll call it, because it is an event. In 12 days, you are making an event uh, happen. And she, and she's now working with some really big, big production people, and I'm just so proud of her. She was the one who really gave it to us. And she knew how to get us to Amazon. And I'm going to just tip my hat for Michael and myself and thank Allison for that because that, it's very exciting. And, um, and what people need to remember about Amazon is that they need to make the review. They need to review the pieces that they watch because that's how Amazon keeps you going. And that will keep you on. And keep, so it's very important that the review is received, you know, Five out of five stars, for example, or <laughs> I loved this. Yeah, stuff like that. I'm just so just proud of you that, that you just – this melding of two different worlds, you're performing your acting career and you're producing coming together and these people that you brought together and that, that it's going to premiere on Amazon. That just, When you posted that on social media, I jumped up. I'm like, of course he did. <laughs> I know a lot of people that have created either movie shorts or different things, and they people don't get on Amazon easy. So it's a terrific thing to get your product out there and people to see it. Our, our business, as you know, Randy, has changed, and it's changed so profoundly that, I mean, I'm I'm in the later years of the business. It's like I don't recognize most of it, if not – I don't recognize 75% of this business anymore. And the way you get jobs, my very first job of getting Chorus Line was knocking at the stage door of the Schubert Theater because Jamie Torsellini had mentioned they were having a closed call. And I went, I want to audition for that show. How do I do that? I'm not equity, but, you know, I mean, I'm serious. This is, and um, he said, take your picture and resume to the stage door. And by that time, Chorus Line was in a position where, oh, I'll take this. They called me in. I had my audition. I got the job. And it wasn't about, see what I did? It was like, oh, see what I did? See what I put into this? I, I want to do this show. So that was to work with talented people, wonderful, you know, creative community. And After Forever for me was no different. After Forever was me wanting to continue working with wonderful people, creative people who I admire, who I like, who I respect, and then also being able to sort of dip in with that, with not just hire them, but to work with them, literally. So, and in this case, kiss one or two of them. So there. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And you get to, yeah. <laughs> Kevin, congratulations so much. I really mean it. Uh, Randy, thank you. Uh, you've been a great friend and a great fan, and I like that the two can come together. Well, I'll be watching on April twenty fourth. Good. I love you. I'll see you there. For more information, head over to the official website for the show, AfterForeverTheSeries.com. And that brings me to the end of this episode of The Randy Report. If you enjoy catching up on LGBTQ entertainment news in a quick podcast, I'd appreciate it if you would share The Randy Report with your friends. I like to think of the podcast as the 60 minutes of gay news, only shorter. And remember, you can find me every single day on the internet at therandyreport.com, where I cover the daily news cycle regarding politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. 
Thanks for listening, folks. See you next time. 